Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Defining Time show on Fifth Wrist Radio, and thank you for tuning in. Fifth Wrist is a place where enthusiasts can explore, share, and learn together to really bring to life this hobby that we all love. So my name's Anthony, and today I get to speak to someone who I truly admire in the watch world. So please welcome Danny Goldsmith. Danny, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for having me. Uh, It's my pleasure. My pleasure. So today we're going to get to know you a little bit better um, so that our listeners can get to know you a little bit better. We're going to talk about a little bit about your collection, what you do. Um, We'll do some rapid questions and some wrists and drink checks in a minute. Um, But yeah, let's uh, let's get into the show and uh, and have some fun. So why don't we start with what's on your wrist and what are you drinking? Well, I am wearing my 1941 Principia, my Gronfeld stainless steel salmon dial. Nice. Um, yes. And I am drinking a seltzer water flavored with black cherry. Uh, nothing too exciting today, but the water's good. Ah, that's all good. Um, how long have you had the uh, Gronfeld for? So I've had the Gronfeld since July of last summer. Um, okay. I got number 33. Um, I ordered it. Actually, the October of uh, 2019. Um, it's 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 basically when it was a treat to myself for having uh, a successful prior year, and um, the first time I saw that watch in the metal, it just it sang to me. I mean, I couldn't yeah. get it out of my head. So I, eight, uh, had a re- eight months, eight to nine months to to make. That's not too bad. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually, I received about six or seven during that time because once we took in Groenfeld um, in April of 2019, we just kept reordering, um, even though obviously it never hit the floor. But there were plenty of other options, too, for me to take. But I was too excited to pass it along to uh, my waiting customers. Um, <laughs> and, and, and when I placed the order with Bart and Tim, I mean, they were so wonderful. And they told me I was getting number 33. So in my head, like, 33 was the number. But um, yeah. yeah I didn't have to wait too long. I mean, now it's like two years um, from the day you order. But. And have you done any of that crazy man math stuff that we do that you connect 33 to something to you? Like three no, plus actually- three is six times three is 18, which is how old I was when I sailed the Atlantic or something. <laughs> which is what, <laughs> which is what I, I do not, all the no. time. <laughs> no, you know, I was, I was just thinking about like, actually, I never even thought about like any like famous players or anything that had the number 33 or, yeah. but it just seemed like a good, you know, good number. So I just stuck with it. As a matter of fact, one of my friends had 26. So when 27 came in, he's like, oh, you got to take it. I'm like, I can't, man. I'm like, I got someone that's waiting for it and I'm super excited for him to get it. But it was hard. It was oh, hard. Dear. Oh. It, it was worth the wait. Awesome. All right. So drink check for me is uh, a a coffee. It's 930 in the morning here in Australia. So I need to, uh, I need to get ready for the day. And on my wrist is my wonderful, beautiful Moser Pioneer Center Seconds with the blue Fume dial. And I now have it on the Moser uh, sort of textile strap, which is fantastic because it's got rubber underneath textile on the top. Um, Super comfortable. And yeah, all I'm, all I don't have now from the straps is the bracelet for the Moser, which I, I will get in time. Um, just not at the moment. So that is my yeah, wrist check knocked, and drink check. They knocked it out of the park with that bracelet, the micro oh. adjuster, and they really did a great job. And obviously your watch is an incredible piece. Yeah. They, I, I but, love it. 
I love it. It's the, I, I bought it for myself after finishing a long career in banking and I'm really excited to be starting a, a new chapter in my career now after a couple of months off. So really excited for what's ahead. Um, but yeah, this watch is, is really, really special to me, um, which is kind of, yeah, no, it's it kind of actually snowballed for me when it first came out. That's how I really got into the independence, um, was the, uh, midnight blue Fume pioneer. I love that yeah. watch. So, so good. well done. So good. Thank you. All right. Let's, uh, let's do some rapid fire questions. Cause I'm keen to, to get to know you a little bit better. Um, so are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Rolex or Amiga? Rolex. Vintage or modern? Modern. Mainstream or indie? Indie. A few watches or a lot of watches? Oh, God. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I want to be a few watches. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't we all? It's a tough one. <laughs> and uh, f- oh. yeah, so what's your final answer? Lock it in. A lot. Um, a few, a, a lot, few. sure, a lot, <laughs> a lot. You're right. And flip or keep? Keep. Keep. Nice. All right. Cool. Yes. So Rolex, hey? Mm, I might uh, explore that a little bit later. See yeah, what, that's it. Uh, what got me all started with everything. So that's how it all happened. Yeah, it's it, it's uh, it's true. And I we we talked about this a lot on the podcast where people sort of you you start out with you know, whether it be G-Shocks or really sort of simple watches as you're a kid, quartz watches, and then it moves into your tag or your, your Omega that you get when you, when you graduate or whatever it might be early in your, in your life. And then from there it goes to, to Rolex. And then some people stay at Rolex and others move on to independence, but Rolex always has a special spot in, in my collection and, and in my heart as well, which is good. Yeah, for sure. So uh danny tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and then how you got into watches well let's see i'm from new york uh, my family my father owns a wholesale jewelry company and my sister was a gemologist so i guess it's kind of in my blood nice. um actually yeah i actually have a, a jewelry background but watches have always been my passion um i guess i was yeah, I've been around the jewelry industry. I've been around Cellini since I was 18 years old, since I was a kid. Um, but I've been to all the events and, um, you know, I just had a passion about stones and just followed the, uh, the family business. But I actually went out on my own. I didn't want to work for my family's business. I wanted to make a name for myself. Um, and I was actually at a show at the Javits Center. I was working for a diamond company. I was at a show at the Javits Center, which is New York City. Um, and my father was sitting with this gentleman and that's when it all happened. Must've been about 22 years old, maybe I think about 22, you know, and I've had the Seikos and the swatches and I actually, my parents bought me an Ebel sport wave watch, um, which is like my first grown up watch. But I saw this guy wearing a Daytona and I was like, what is that? Um, <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's what created the beast. Um, I just had no idea. And the guy was really nice guy. He was a buyer for his son on the, on the Northeast coast. And um, he was going to give it to me for cost. And I think it was like 5,000 us dollars or something like that at the time. And my dad was like, no, save your money. And I'm like, it's all the money I had at the time too. And I was willing to just give it all to the guy. Um, not knowing what a Daytona was, not knowing a thing about Rolex. I mean, I knew the name, but that was about it. And um I passed on the watch, uh, but that's what started it all for me. And that's how I got into watches. 
Wow. And now yeah. I, I suppose, so if we talk a little bit about your collection and, you know, what are, what are some of the favorite pieces in your collection, but then in particularly, why are they your favorite pieces? Okay. Well, the Gronfeld, which I'm wearing right now, um, you know, I've been doing retail sales, right. For a little over three years, I've never done retail before in my life. Um, and I know a lot of people are shocked by that. I actually, the first year and a half, I was at Cellini. I was in the back room helping with buying and doing inventory. Um, it was, so technically, I've only been selling for about two years now, um, doing retail sales. Yeah. But the first year, I just acquired um, a nice customer base, and I hit these numbers. And um, my treat to myself was you know, to, to get the Gronfeld Principia. Um, that it has a special, special, special place in my heart for sure. Um, I have a Rolex Daytona eleven six five two zero that was for my wife and my parents. Um, wow. I haven't worn it in about 12, 13 years because, oh gosh, I you know I have a six year old son and plus I don't carry Rolex. So, um, but I, just knowing that I have it, it just you know yeah. the fact that it was for my wife and my parents just means the world to me. Um, I also have a, an Urwerk um, UR105 that um, has a lot of uh, special meaning to me as well. I had some nice sales with Urwerk and I treated myself after I sold um, the AMC uh, Metallic uh, Master Clock. It's only three in the world. So, um, very nice. I, yeah. Um, but otherwise, I mean, I'm not one of those guys that goes out and, you know, buys a watch for a son's birthday or something like that. I wish I thought of all these, you know, holidays and stuff like that to get a, to get a watch. Um, believe it or not, up until like 2020, I had a um, very modest collection. It just seems that this past year, it kind of uh, got a little out of hand. Yeah. But, um, those things that's happen. Why I was saying, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's not the biggest problem in life. That's for sure. I mean, this should be my biggest problem. Um so I would say that, and I did pick up, um, I did pick up um, an AP this summer. It's my first one, which I got the uh, 37 millimeter Royal Oak, the self-winding blue dial. Um, and I got to tell you, that bracelet in that case is just breathtaking. I mean, I could yeah. stare at that kid, that bracelet all day long. Definitely. Um, and and uh, with the 37 millimeter though, it's, uh, it's nice. It's got that uh, like vintage feel to it. So it wears like a 40, but um, it's just, it's an incredible piece. Um, so those, I would say, are my, my favorite pieces of my collection, for sure. Beautiful. Yeah. I think uh, there's some, some awesome watches. And I mean, uh, one of the questions I had later, but I might actually ask it now because it's, it's kind of topical. But when you, how do you choose, you know, being around watches all the time and, I suppose you would actually take a lot of pleasure from seeing other people, you know, achieve whatever it is they've achieved or the the watch that they've wanted for so long. And you've played a small part in them being able to fulfill that. But how do you, how does a watch come across your desk all the time? And then which ones, how do you choose to, to buy a watch or to no, I'm going to let this one go to the customers. Well, I mean, if I, I honestly, I really don't buy that much. I mean, I know it sounds like I have, but I don't. And it's like, um, before I used to buy maybe once every couple of years. Um, so when things come in, obviously I think about the consumer first and the customer, my clients first before I think of myself. 
Um, and right off the bat, like when something comes in, whether it's an MBNF or a Moser or a Grotefeld, I know right away who I'm going to call. Um, sure. I mean, I, I live in New York. I have a wife and son, so I can't have every watch I want. Uh, <laughs> it's not practical. But um, it's it just I get so much pleasure and excitement, you know, when I get that special piece. Or, for instance, when a Grotefeld came in last week and someone's been waiting all this time and to give them the call. And I'm like, you know what, number 36, it's in, you know, and it's just the excitement and the pleasure I get from it. And it's just, it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, so it's not even like an afterthought of like, Oh, I'm going to keep this for myself as much as I'd love to, because believe me, there are plenty of watches that come in the boutique that just, I mean, by gosh, it's breathtaking for mm. sure. I don't know. I don't know how I would go, I think. But then again, I suppose, you know, because they come across, and you know you're around them all the time there would be a different level of experiencing them quite like when you know we'd go to get togethers and someone brings their overwork or someone and we we often say that when one of our people in the crew uh get a watch we get that watch as well because we we get to experience it or we get to see it and and if it's in the crew then it's it's you know it's part of all of us that that gets this absolutely watch. and i suppose for you you would experience those watches still just in a different way to whether you can take them home and have them for the next 20 years or whether it's you know sort of come past yep you've seen it you know you love it but now it's on to the next person it should be no, different different sure. experience well you know it's true it is true i mean but what i really like is when I have someone say come from Texas or uh, St. Louis that actually have never seen an HYT or LaPay clock or Herber or MBNF in person. And um, they come to New York and this is pre pandemic, of course, but like, it's like just to see their eyes line up and it's like, Oh my God, I've only seen this on whatever blog or watch site or um, they're like, could I try this on? Or could I, you know, um, could I film it? Could I, you know, it's just, I'm like, absolutely. I'm like, take a wrist shot, film it in slow motion. You know, they're like, <laughs> could I see that Grubel? I'm like, absolutely. I'm like, are you kidding me? And I, I guess uh, my, you know, my passion for it, it's a little contagious. Um, you know, I had someone coming out too long ago and he's like, I've never seen a dead of dude in person. I'm like, get over here. <laughs> and it's yeah. just, the guy hung out for an hour and, you know, he didn't, he didn't buy anything, but you know what? That's not what I was there for. I just, I'm a watch guy and I get it. And, you know, I'm in a position where I'm, I'm around incredible, incredible, you know, watchmakers on a daily basis. And it's just like, I have so much enjoyment just to see people, you know, get to see these watches in person and, you know, and it would discover new brands. Well, it's funny you just said that because in my notes, you know how on the iPhone you have your, your notepad, um, mm-hmm. I, when I came to New York back in, uh, it would have been January, 2019. Um, I, I have, I've literally got this list here that says go to G- Cellini jewelers to look at Debethune <laughs> because I had not seen a Debethune before. And so I did actually come in there, um, and have a look and I wasn't going to be able to buy anything, but yeah, I, I got to see one and I was super happy to see it. Because yeah, in Australia, it's it's hard to to see some of those watches. We just don't get that. So, yeah, funny funny you said that because that was exactly me, twelve twenty four months ago or whatever it was. Very cool. And that's it. Uh, yeah, no, and it, it's and guys, I hear it all the time. It's like, oh my god, you have a Kari? You know, like I've never seen. I mean, this Debithune will have a couple of pieces in the stock, but I mean, Kari's don't. You know, they really don't yeah. hit the floor. But when I have it, it's like, 
are you kidding me? Of course. And, you know, it's just the excitement. I mean, you know, I'll treat, I treat everyone the same. I don't care if you're buying a $3,000 watch or a $2 million watch. It's just yeah. like, just, you know, for that excitement, it's just like, it gets me fired up and yeah. it just makes me too happy. So good. So good. All right. So working with independents, I know is wonderful and fantastic. And I'm sure that they're, they're all great. Um, but for you, who who really stands out, whether it be as just the, the most amazing person as well, or as an, an enthusiast or a real enthusiast? I know a lot of independents, they love their watches. That's that's why they do it. Um, but you know, who who for you has really stood out as just one of the greatest? Well, I mean, if we're talking personality wise, I mean, besides obviously being extremely talented, I mean Felix and Martin from Erwerk. Yeah. I mean, just salt of the earth guys. I mean, really wonderful. Um, and I feel that way about Edward Milan and Bart and Tim. I mean, really, I mean, I've been very fortunate to spend time with a lot of these guys. And, um, you know, and I don't take that for granted by no means at all. I mean, you know, it's funny. I'm actually a really big sports guy, too. And we've had, you know, the greatest NBA players come to the store. And but when when these guys walk in, it's like I'm like all giddy and all excited and you know i just want to run over and I mean, it's so funny um but it makes you want to sell their watches it makes you want yeah. you know it's just every which way about it because they're so personable um and they're just down to earth and they appreciate it and you know as you know on social media i mean they're very approachable and they're always willing to talk to people and you know um they'll comment on posts and it just it's it's wonderful it's really yeah. just really amazing yeah, we hear um, we hear a lot about um, Bart and Tim on the podcast. A lot of people that have had those watches and they've had interactions with them have just said that, you know, they're 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 just larger than life characters. They love a beer, and if you get caught in a drinking uh, escapade with them, you're going to lose uh, because they uh, can, yeah. they can drink a lot. <laughs> yeah, well. You know, and, and it's funny. They're just so, so warm. And it's like they have just great sense of humor. We had, um, it was like right before Watch Time in New York in 2019, we had a watch event. And we had Kari. We had you know, Felix Baumgartner. We had Tim. Bart. I mean, we it was just amazing, the people that were there. And, you know, people are coming, we're just hanging out. They were having drinks. And, I mean, if you take a step back and just think about the people, you know, that were in that room, um, it's incredible but later that night we went to red bar had an event and yeah i've been a red bar member for years and it was just super fun i mean you look around the bar you got recep you got i mean kari vutale and tim bard and all the all my buddies and then you know brand representatives and it's just like wow you know Uh, i mean this is pretty cool and everyone's just laughing and having a great time you know, um, that, that just reminded me, you know, that old painting or picture of the bar that's got Elvis and James Dean and all uh-huh. those and Marilyn Monroe. Just, I, I just imagine those, those guys there, you've got Carrie, you've got Tim and Bart sitting at the bar having a drink. It could be a famous photo. Maybe we could, maybe we could organize that next time they're all we, in New we, York. <laughs> no, that would be phenomenal. Well, hopefully, you know, next time they have watch time, everyone comes in, but I mean, yeah. if I'm just picturing it like, you know, like bread and, um, a bunch of other people that you know, that you know, they're all at the bar. They flew in for the event, and I'm just looking around. I'm just like, how great is this? I'm like, it really doesn't get much better. 
No, I think it was Dustin that it was either Dustin or Brett. I can't remember now that was saying that they were, you know, that was one of their best interactions they'd ever had with any watchmakers ever. Just going to that that meetup that where they were all there. Yeah, that way it was Brett. Brett, yeah, so good. Yep, uh, yep. Because uh, yeah, I remember when I saw him for the first time. I'm like, darn it, you're younger than me. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it, it's you know, it's amazing as bad as I have customers, I should say good friends and clients and customers that are all around the world, but I talk to them so much and I've sold them, you know, how many watches it doesn't matter, but like, it's like, we've never actually met, but I built these relationships with these guys. They're like, like family. And it's more than just watches. It's like, that's what I'm always like, happy Sunday watch fam or whatever it is. But it's like, our community is amazing. And, um, it's just, you know, it's like so many people I've never even met in person, but I've had such close relationships that I speak to every day. Um, it's just truly remarkable. But I was very happy Brett and his friend, you know, my friend too, James, came to town and uh, it was a great time for sure. Very good. So you've kind of given us a bit of a story about independence there, but let's let's try and go one step further because everyone loves a story. So have you got have you got a story about a, a great interaction that you've had with an independent watchmaker in your time? Oof. I mean, I could think of a few. I mean, I'll tell you this: a few years ago, I did a, a factory tour at Parmigiani. Nice. And yes, and I was with the um, rep from the company of the United States, and I was with Michelle Parmigiani's daughter, and we're having lunch, and all of a sudden I turn around, and there's Kari Vutalainen having lunch <laughs> at the same restaurant, and he's like, "Hi, Danny," and I'm like, "Oh my God, Kari remembers my name. I only met him like once or twice before," and um, I mean, I've you know little things like that. Uh. Um, we we've had right before the pandemic, we had a Moser event. So um, Edward Milan and uh, Nicholas came to town and we took out about 10 of uh, my customers for dinner. And we had a sneak peek of of some new pieces. So it's just like that intimate fun dinner. Um, uh, Yeah, I'm a very lucky guy. uh, Like I said, I mean, to have these, uh, to have the opportunity to spend time with people like this, is just amazing. Um, another time I flew out to Geneva to, to meet a customer out there for, um, we had this little get together with her work. Um, and then later on that night, I stopped by on a Sunday. I didn't even think you'd be there, but, uh, Recep was working in his workshop and, uh, I got to hang out with him and Annabelle for a little bit. So that was fun. Um, you know, I mean, a lot of good memories in the last yeah. couple of years. So um, but again, I think that night hanging out with Barton Tim at the Red Bar and Felix and everyone else, I think that was probably one of the best nights uh, for sure. So good. I, I think I if we if we look at like, because I do, we, we've talked a little bit about authorized dealers and um, some people's perception and a lot of the stuff going on at the moment with Rolex is just really tainting the experience for people and things like that. And I mean, listening to you talk now, I almost don't need to ask the next question, which is around sort of being in sales and in retail, in watches, which you are. Um, And Cellini has obviously built a great reputation over many years, but you know, you're not like a lot of the other ADs that I've had experiences with and like other people have had experiences with. So how do you sort of differentiate yourself to everyone else? 
Well, um, it's funny because I, I do hear this quite a bit. And again, it's I'm just myself. I'm a watch guy. Yeah. Um, you know, there's no list. I mean, if there if I have something, you don't have to build a portfolio with me. Um, you don't have to buy something to get something. I mean, I'm just excited to be able to, to you know, uh, to get someone their, their dream piece or their grail watch. Um, you know, I just follow through. I treat everyone the same and I just enjoy the excitement. Um, yeah. And if I don't, and if I think someone's buying a watch just to like, you know, I don't know, let's say someone can't get an AP. I had an instance where someone was going to buy a Laureato, which is an incredible piece, but I looked at him and I'm like, Mike, what are you doing? And he's just like, oh, you know, my buddy's got an Audemars Royal Oak. And he's, I'm like, it doesn't say AP. I'm like, well, it's not, it's a GP. But I, you know, I'm just explaining how wonderful the piece is. And what it is, I'm just honest and I'm truthful. And, yeah. I'll, and if I don't know something, I'll get someone an answer. And I won't let anyone buy something if they're going to buy it for all the wrong reasons. If they're yeah. going to buy it to, you know, to show off to their friends. Because I think you look at your wrist a lot more than uh, you do um, hanging out with your friends. And, it's just, um, it should be special and yeah. you shouldn't buy to try to keep up with the Joneses because we all work hard for our money. Yeah. But again, yeah. I mean, I, for me, it's just like, I, just, like I said, I am who I am. I just want to see everyone get the piece they want and whatever I could do, I'll do for them. Um, yeah. and I put, I put myself out there 24 seven. I mean, I could be on the phone, you know, to two in the morning sometimes because I have customers overseas, but I just love what I do. And it's not, it's not really work for me. It's just fun. Um, we hadn't even recorded the podcast and you were up till two o'clock in the morning talking to me the other day when you were showing me the, the, the SUF. Um, uh, it's just because I get excited. I mean, I just can't help it. Uh, uh, it's so good. I, I really think that is the key difference in, in what I hear from yourself. And I, I've had some fantastic experiences with some pre-owned uh, watch dealers and a lot because quite often those guys are watch guys as well. And I remember being in Germany uh, in a, a little town just outside of Stuttgart um, in a, a, a business called uh, uh, Mechanic Chronometry. And uh, the gentleman behind the account, I, I always know that I'm in the right spot when you start a conversation with them and you're looking at a few watches and then they say, wait here, I'm going to go get something. And they go out the back and they bring out something <laughs> that, that to them is the most. And, and he bought out this beautiful, really big, it was about a 55 mil gold pocket watch from the early 1900s sorry early oh. it was about 1820 1830 and it had a deadbeat wow. second uh, oh. module so and just listening to him and I thought to myself yeah I'm in the right spot here and this is a little yeah. town in just outside of Stuttgart not very busy at all but you know and and I've had other experiences where I just feel like when they bring stuff out that's not on show you know that you're talking to the right people. And I think that's, it, it would be a very similar conversation with yourself. It might not come from the back. It might come from somewhere, but you're, you're sort of showing in such a genuine way. That's not, I need to make this sale. Come and look at this watch. It's been sitting here for six months. I've got to get rid of it. It's, have you seen this? It's ridiculous. It's amazing. So, yeah. Well, well, thank you. And that that's exactly how I feel. And, uh, it's, I'm glad you had that experience um, because you're talking about like it just happened yesterday. So I'm really yeah. happy for you. But it's exactly how I am. I'm, I mean, I'm just passionate about about watches and just about this whole, you know, everything. It's just so I guess it it shows when I sit with people because 
I mean, more of my business is, you know, referrals and, um, you know, just obviously word of mouth. So, cause we don't really get a lot of traffic now in New York. So, yeah. um, it, it's nice. And, um, you know, through social media, it's like, that's another thing where it's like, I'm always so busy. I wish I had more time to keep up in, with social media, just to talk to everyone. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously talk about watches, but see how everyone's doing, how their family's doing and, you know, um, soon enough, hopefully we'll all be together. But um, I'm glad it comes across like that because yeah. I, you know, I just, I don't look at it as selling. I don't. No, no. And, and that's if you truly believe in your product and believe in the, the people that are behind it, it's not selling. It's helping someone fulfill, whether it be a life goal or an achievement or whatever it might be. And again, I said it before, it's playing that small part in that goal or that achievement is, is probably, and that, that would be, that would almost be addictive for you. That feeling of someone walking out of the shop or, or, you know, they get their watch posted to them and then they're sending you all these pictures and they just can't contain themselves. That, that sort of feeling of um, it would be achievement on your behalf because you've again, helped someone. It's, it's really, really cool. It's, it's awesome. It's so rewarding. And it's like, like just for instance, today I, I got um, like about five wrist shots from some new customers and, you know, some buddies that got their watches and it's just, just to see how excited they are and to find out as days go on, Oh my God, I didn't even know about this on the case. I'm discovering this. I'm discovering that on the dial. It's awesome. It's, yeah. it's just so cool. So I don't want to put you in a compromising situation here, but I do want to ask, and and I want you to, if you can answer this just generally, and I guess you kind of already have, but in your mind, what do you think that other ADs and other sort of dealers need to do to lift that customer experience, although they're going through some, you know, as I've said a lot before, I would not want to be a Rolex AD right now because it would just be, a horrible experience, but then we hear this other side, this really dark side, but from your perspective, what do you think are some things that people could do to really lift that experience? Well, I mean, right now we're in a time that, I mean, it's unprecedented. We've never had a market less, what, five or six years now. It's just absolutely insane with AP, with Rolex, with Paddock. And now it's strictly down to other brands um, mm. where other brands were, weren't as po- you know, popular, I would say, but like some of their pieces just are untouchable now. Um, I think that also what a lot of these guys are doing about making, um, you know, taking away from the ADs or going boutique only or just, you know, building up a portfolio to get pieces. I mean, it kind of takes away from all the fun of this. Um, yeah. You know, and then I think that also in the same token with the independent brands, it's given them some time to shine because you can't get all these steel Rolexes. You can't get all, all these other watches that everyone's so used to getting. Um, but I mean, basically, I mean, the only advice I can give anyone is just to be yourself, obviously, and just be passionate about what you do. And, um, you know, I always, it's just like, and if you don't know an answer, if someone asks me about, I mean, this is not an example. I mean, it's an example, but it didn't happen like if it's something's mechanical, automatic. I mean, just, t- you know, look it up. It takes two seconds. Um, you know, just always be truthful and people respect that. And, yeah. you know, I don't know everything. I mean, we have over 30 some odd brands. I can't remember everything. Um, no. And obviously there are certain brands I love more than others. And, but where I do know a lot more, however, 
I'll always, you know, I have my phone, I have my iPad. I mean, there's always ways to find out. Um, and just, just follow up and just whatever you could do for the, you know, for your clients, whether yeah. it's for a straps or just, I mean, I, I don't know. It just, it comes natural for me. Cause again, like I said, I just, uh, for me, I just, I feel like I'm getting a watch most of the times when I sell them. And um, I guess because I treat the guy that's buying a $2,000 watch the same way as the guy who's buying a $1 million watch, I, I never sway one way or the other. Um, it's mm. just, no. I think people just respect that. It makes sense. And I think where, where a lot of people have had poor experiences is where the training for people has just not been very good at all. And the fact that those people don't care about the product at all, they're there to do a job and get paid and go home. And, and I know that for some people that's, that's life and that's fine, but right. well, that's where they are right now. Um, but I think for, and I, I suppose being a community member if you will, we see things very differently to the person that walks in off the street. They've, they've just closed a deal. They never really got into watches, but they know that a, a gold watch is something you would do when you do something like this. And they buy that watch and they walk out and that's it. They, they never speak of it again, but for us, it's different. And we, we sort of crave that interaction with the person across the counter. That's, that's, you know, talking to us or, or going to sell us a watch. Yeah. But, yeah and and to to your point exactly i see it way too much myself i mean i know way too many people that are like that and it's just like you're checking in you're checking out there's just like you know there's no follow-up there's no relationship it's like boom that's it let's move to the next one but i'm all about relationships i mean yeah it's like i mean how can i not now i was at um a boutique in the manhattan and i usually just don't pop into the stores because i don't want to waste anyone's time especially being in the industry but I just happened to say, oh, because I just was going to the Lego store in Rockefeller Center and I, I stopped in and I just wanted to see a certain watch. And oh, my God, was she, oh, gosh, you would have thought she owned the um, the company. It was just like, <laughs> oh, not, not, not here for you. I'm like, what? So I'm like, is there a, you know, a 36 millimeter? Nope. I'm like, I put my name down. Nope. Wait list too long. We're not taking. I mean, like she was so um, dismissive with me. And I was like, yeah. wow. Um <laughs> And, and then I said to her, okay. And I said, can I try this? Said, nope, ladies watch. And I'm like, wait, what? I mean, it was like, you, you don't know who you're talking to. You know, you should never judge a book by its cover. But like, forget about that. Just putting that aside. It's like, I mean, yeah. just, it's all about, you know, just be customer service. And I mean, it was like, so I, I happened to say to her, okay, I'll take this instead, which was like their top most wanted piece. And um, obviously I was just kidding with her. And she looked at me like I had like eight heads and she's like, sir, you can never get this ever. And I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, all right, thank you. And I just walked out. But there's, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I've had people come over to me and they're like, try to offer me money for my watch, but it was like such a, a low ball um, offer. And it's like, and I'm talking about if I just popped in to pick up a magazine at a, local store or something from my dad or something and it's like really you greet someone like that when they walk into a store i mean it's terrible um so Uh, it's a crazy crazy world we live in and i suppose your experience there that you've just talked about is is a lot of what people and and i'll be honest here i have not bought a watch from an ad for the last three purchases they've all been online they've all been with people that i know 
Um, and some I took a risk with and that was okay. I did my research and it all, it all worked out, but that the old uh, experience of a retail experience, I think potentially in Australia anyway, is just missing. And I know that there are some fantastic people um, in Melbourne, in Sydney that, that really, really do love the stuff. And I think the, the market has tainted those people because they're not having fun when they come to work, when they're having to just, turn 50 people away that were asking for the same watch and then one comes in and the the guy buys it they think they're making the right decision and then two three days later the boss is getting down to that salesperson saying that person's now put it on chrono 24 and it's for sale and they're a flipper and like it would just be crap so i kind of get it but at the same time like i don't know I, I, you can't do what you don't love it's just a waste right. of time Right. That's the truth. I mean, I honestly, for me, it's like when I was offered the job, I was like, mm. I, basically I was doing wholesale for the last 15 years, but I didn't want to be, I didn't want to spend any more time away from my wife and my son. And then the yeah. other time we FaceTime, my son was crying and I'm like, this is not what I want to do. Um, so when I took the job, cause at first I was like, Oh, retail. And I just didn't know. And um, but it was, I found my calling and it was yeah. the best thing I ever did. Really. <laughs> um, and when I started, I was just like, I was posted a picture on, of, um, an 1815 up down, um, Langa and about a week later, someone drives up from Virginia and he's, I just happened to be walking through the front of the boutique and he's like, where can I find this watch? I'm like, Hey, that's my picture. He's like, Oh, I just drove from Virginia. I just drove like, you know, eight hours because I want to buy this watch. And I'm like, oh, maybe I have something here. But it was a great experience. I think that was actually yeah. my first sale at Cellini because um, I was in the back room most of the time. Um, but then I just started posting and just, just, I just whatever it was, whether it's a Beauvais or Ballon Ross, Frank Mueller, you know, just and then it just started growing for me. But getting to your point, though, like I deal with a lot of people that walk in or shall I say walk in, but they'll call up and be like, I want to pick up an Odysseus. What time can I come in? And I'm like, well, don't come in today because we haven't even seen one yet. There's about <laughs> 3,000 people on the list, you know. Um, yeah. So I do hear that a lot. But, you know, but the, if whoever loves what they do and their passion, I mean, they get that people don't realize that. I mean, a lot of people do understand that, you know, if you're going to walk into an RM boutique, you're not going to get like, I don't know, an $8 or just whatever yeah. it is. Um, or you can't get a Daytona, you know. And so there's but there are other people that do uh that do think we have the stuff in stock um however you know there's a lot of other people out there and you know you just you can't get you know uh, um you can't get a bad taste in your mouth for that it's just it is no. what it is um so i think it's the person himself you know um i just it's, it's you know, funny i think you're born with it or something yeah being being a watch guy i often get family friends you know people people know that i'm into watches and I, i've had a few f phone calls and messages recently it was like oh i went to this place and i wanted to buy this watch i didn't realize that you know that they basically just said come back in 10 years time and it's like <laughs> And, and, and then I start thinking about it and I think, you know, we, we're trying to grow this global community of people that love watches. And I think the, here's someone that, 
that basically is oblivious to the Rolex waitlist and never, never even heard of it before. And I remember explaining to someone with my BLNR, he's like, why, why wouldn't I just go buy a new one? And I'm like, well, you can't, why would they sell a product you can't get? And I'm like, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole with you. <laughs> but yeah, they're like, they're like, oh yeah, the, the salesperson just said, come back in 10 years. And so, you know, I'm not, I'm not waiting 10 years for that watch and off they go. And then they don't get into watches or they don't, they go off and buy something else that they don't potentially don't love and then that's it they they keep that watch for the rest of their life and it's done it's just such a sad time i think at the moment but just for one one or two or three brands the rest of the independence and everything is it's probably like the the most exciting time i think we've ever seen and we've got the the rise of indies is this hashtag that's getting around all the time and yeah people people that i knew that were just sort of typically mainstream people are now getting into Habring and Moser and Peter speak Marine oh. and, you know, just, and it makes me so happy that again, you know, like you, you play a small part. I know that for some people in the, in the crew or in the, the global community, my small part was played by helping introduce someone or, or just, I go bonkers about Habring and Moser all the time. And so people go, why is this guy always so nuts about this? I need to check him out. And then all of a sudden I get the, this message. Wow, I really like this hab ring. I've ordered one. Yes, yeah, sweet, man. Good on you. It's a, Good for you. Right. It's awesome. And yeah, <laughs> and my wife is thrilled that you got you keep talking about because now I've been looking at this Felix online that's got this like salmon dial and I can't yeah. it's not too crazy a price, but it keeps calling me. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, Oh my God. I'm like, blame Anthony. I'm like, babe, don't look at me. I'm like, it's not my fault. I mean, uh, it's awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so I get it. Through all, through all things that are, are negative, there's always positives to it. And I think that's, and I mean, the, the independence as well, some of these guys must be loving this Rolex waitlist and Patek Nautilus waitlist and things like that, because the, the likes of Gronefeld and Erwerk and Carry and, and these, these brands, when you look at a Carry watch and let's say, I don't know, I'm, I might be speaking out of turn here, but let's say it's a hundred K us and you look at a, a Nautilus and that's the same price. You're like, well, I know I'm going to have to wait at least a little bit for the Carry because he needs to make it by hand to my order specifications, or I can wait well, it's discontinued now. I need to pay one hundred and thirty-five thousand dollars for this watch that, that <laughs> retails know. for thirty. Yeah, it's just anyway. It's good people are coming around though. No, um, and I, I agree with you, and I think it's great. I think it's, and I really think that like so when we, for, for example, with Gronfeld, when we first brought it in, uh, we met with them at the end of two thousand eighteen, but April two thousand nineteen, I was selling probably like two remitoires a day. Um, Wow. Uh, we weren't getting a lot of foot traffic. And I guess they were, you know, US retail, it's about 55 or 60 and up. Um, and we weren't going to bring in Principia's and they were just announced. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. And I never saw them in the metal. Like, we have to bring in Principia's. Um, and it was just crazy. And again, this, you know, a lot of these guys been there, done that with Rolex or even Paddock and AP, and they just have bad taste in their mouths and they just don't want to do it. And they're just, you know, this was their way of discovering all these independents. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of them, I might have sold Moser before. I swear Moser's like a gateway. Um, <laughs> but but it's like, and I got to say, Moser guys, and I'm one of them. Like, you can't just have one. You'll see. Yeah. It's like, you got to get a Blue Lagoon or, you know, you need your Pioneer. But it's, it's just great, though, because, I mean, I, 
I probably have sold since April, just spring of 2019, probably about 45 Gronfelds, 50 of them. And they make probably about 40 a year. Um, yeah, and wow. we had a pandemic year. So, but it, the, the point is though, it's just great because these guys are like now talking about what's next in the indie world. I mean, they don't care that they're not getting a paddock or they're not getting AP or they've been there, done that. Um, so, yeah. you know, obviously because of COVID and everything, deliveries have been a little bit longer. Um, but I just hope that some of these other brands, even the independents that don't take that whole Rolex model of like, let's build up a wait list, you know, and yeah. let's deliver like three a year or something because it's going to backfire on them. Um, you know, I mean, I don't know about like with the Vacheron overseas. I mean, I love it. It's a great piece, but I don't know how that's going to, if that's a boutique piece only and you have to build, you know, a portfolio with them. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to work. I mean, I don't want people to get turned off by it. And it's what's going to happen. And I mean, it's only natural. Um, yeah. Well, it sounds but, like this topic could be spoken about for a very long time. Well, without a doubt. <laughs> without a doubt. But and if I can... said too much about it, I apologize. No, 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 not at all. I, I think I think and this is this is I think where a lot of respect comes for you is that you are you are the, the inside person that a lot of the inside people aren't. And you're what the community wants from the AD or the, the, you know, the, the jewelry shop that can get these watches. So yeah, I, I have the utmost respect for someone who you, you sound like you just live in your best life and I'm sure it comes with challenges and I'm sure there are bad days and all that kind of stuff. But you know, I just, you can hear it through your voice, which I think is what the community wants to hear that there are people out there that actually care and love the stuff and live and breathe it. So. Well, well thank you. Well, let's chat that. a little bit about sort of COVID. And you mentioned that obviously we're in a pandemic and that foot traffic is not the greatest, but the the social media and I'm sure the phone calls and the that sort of the new world experience of of buying retail is pretty rife. So how do you see the the future of the watch hobby? And I know we've talked about the rise of independence, but how do you see it impacting the sort of the greater industry from an inside perspective? Well, it's it's showing that honestly, you don't really need a retail store. I mean, if you have the product um, and a strong social media presence, and you have a good you know um, relationship with your clients, and I mean, really, um, that's all you really need. Um, yeah. However, I still want the retailers to be around for many years to come. Um, and I, but I do believe that you know, well, what is this now? Clubhouse now is the yeah. new thing. Everyone's yeah. on. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like. Um, it's which is wonderful, um, but it's like there's only social media apps, and um, it's just, oh, gosh, um, I, I think that social media is just the way of the future. It's, um, I mean, we all do, but um, mm. it just takes away. Like you know, you were just saying, for instance, you got the last three watches. You didn't even go to a boutique or a store. I mean, like I hope that you know someone coming into a boutique or even just like a salon or something that that's still around in 10 years from now because the whole experience of like just you know romanticizing and trying on or yeah. or just like you know for zenith for example like when someone's like oh tell me about the brand i never heard of it before i'm like oh i'm yeah. like have i can seat. talk about exa- <laughs> yeah exactly i go how much time do you have <laughs> um 
know, because I, I love just sitting there talking about the quartz crisis or about, you yeah. know, the El Primero and the, Del- the Daytonas. It's just there's so much to talk about. And, yeah. you know, to, to, again, coming back to relationships. So it's uh, yeah. in person. Um, yeah, so that's what I miss, of course. And I'm, I know everyone else does. And I miss my watch get togethers. I miss flying and um, getting together with people. And hopefully um, after the summer, by the summer's time, things will start letting that happen but i think that it'll be a little time before that you know we get there but yeah um yeah i I think if the retail experience is still is good it will still be around and i think for for people that have and i mean new york as a as a city is a very different city to a lot of other cities in the world because it's so densely populated so much competition so much um not glitz and glamour, but sort of in your face style of New York, which is just bright and loud. And it's just such an epic place to be. I think, you know, Fifth Avenue is not going anywhere. Um, and no. Madison Avenue is not going anywhere. And, you know, that sort of Soho is not going anywhere. So I think New York has its own sort of concrete. And I know it's, it's nothing is sort of, irreplaceable or indispensable or invincible but new york's just one of those towns that whatever whatever beats it up it will come back twice as strong um and then we've seen and, that uh, so many times for sure um and right now it's just you know it's it's really quite desolate and um but i do believe that you're absolutely right and i think it's just a matter of time that uh, we'll be rocking and rolling again and everything. Yeah. And again, like, I, I love that whole, like, oh, let me introduce you to this watch or let me introduce, you know, I mean, I can't even tell you how many people that, I mean, I guess never heard of Moser or, mm-hmm. or Debit Thun and I show it to them. It's like, holy cow. It's like, <laughs> you know, but it's like the waters are separate. I mean, it's just like, you know, and I love that. I get so excited because I know how I felt when I saw a lot of these brands. Yeah. Um, and the next thing you know, they're starting their own chat groups or they're on Facebook, starting their own pages dedicated to these brands. It's incredible. Yeah, 100%. So, Could not agree more. Um, yeah. Now, we uh, we were talking a little bit before around knives. So I did want to ask you, um, you, you don't mind a knife or two. So how how did you get into knives? Um, so about the early 2000s, like my first watch job, I was representing this brand called Philip Stein. Um, Actually, a marketing company that, that represents some jewelry brands in Philip Stein. Um, and I was traveling a lot and I didn't have a tool to open up the back of one of the watches. And I had like a, I think it was a William Henry pocket knife that was a gift from one of the retail stores I sold. And um, I'm like, this is kind of neat. And I was just playing with it, opening the back of the watch. And then I was just like, I kind of like having a knife. And I've been collecting since then. I don't use them for anything. Maybe just to, you know, open my wife's um, Amazon boxes you know, when they come every day. <laughs> but I, I just, um, obviously my taste has gotten a little better through the years. And uh, I was talking to you before about the Shiro, the RJ Martin collaboration. But um, I definitely appreciate a nice, uh, nice pocket watch. Uh, sorry, a pocket knife for sure. Um, definitely. But yeah, it's just, I think it's just part of that. And then we were talking about with pens and mm-hmm. that's next, you know, it's get down that rabbit hole. And, um, but I'll tell you something though, collecting knives is a lot less expensive. Oh yeah. And <laughs> pens and pens. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I definitely, it's definitely doesn't hurt as bad. Oh, I shouldn't say that, but it's definitely uh, an easier hit for yeah. sure. 
could not so. agree more. I could not agree more. We were actually <laughs> on the independent thinking show on Fitris Radio, so Roman's show. Uh, he was chatting to um, Chris Manning. Uh, I, I think he's in Canada. I uh, could be wrong, but um, so at silver underscore hand, and he was sort of saying that, uh, you know, with with watches comes knives, comes pens, comes cars, and it tends to be this sort of quadrant of uh, things that that we sent we seem to all like in some way or another but yeah i um i've recently gone back down the rabbit hole of fountain pens and i'm really really enjoying it um i write out every question that i ask yes i've got a book as some people know that i write it all out by hand all the questions and and the the structure and stuff like that. And I think there's just a, there's a nice little connection. I know that before the podcast, I sit down, I take some time, I write out these questions and it's just a, another part of doing this podcast. And, and I'll always have this book um, to look back on and remember that, you know, when I, when I did that and it's sort of tangible, it's not on a screen, um, which is really yep. cool. Really no, cool. I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I have a lot of people that come in with their laptops. They're like, Oh, look at my spreadsheet, my watches. And I'm like, that's phenomenal. But like, I'll put out, I, I honestly, I walk around with a little notebook um, and I have a, a larger size one in my bag and it's, people make fun because I'm old school. I like to write, but I actually like to sit and write like you were just saying. And, um, you know, I'll keep notes of like watches I want or straps. And I think like all watch guys either write it or, you know, they keep yeah. notes in, on their phone. Or it's just, you know, it is what it is. But I like having a notebook. I like having a pen. And, you know, obviously I got to pick up the one, one of the ones we were talking about before. Uh, mm. Those are gorgeous. Um, and thank you for sharing that. Um, but it, it's just great. And then, like you said, to look back and like have it in your book and to, you know, just to relive everything that's right there. And, you know, this is great. Yep. Couldn't agree more. So, so for those playing along at home, uh, Leonardo Officina Italiana makes some absolutely beautiful fountain pens um, that, you know, I've, uh, I've bought one. I've got another one on the way because they're just so good to write with. And they've come out with these new transparent um, fountain pens that are bead are, are blasted, with crystal quartz crystals to give this sort of frosted matte um, experience on your hand. So yeah, check out Leonardo underscore pens on Instagram. If you're interested in fountain pens um, and yeah. sorry, if you go down a rabbit hole now, <laughs> no, 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 no. It's just well worth it. I mean, it's gorgeous. It's, it's nice. I mean, listen, you know, you wear a suit, you have a nice watch. I mean, to pull out a nice pen is, is just yeah. it's wonderful. Um, the car thing, I, you know, living in New York City, don't really need a car. I, yeah. You know, funny, I never actually bought a car. Um, but I could see myself if I didn't live here. Oh, my God. Yeah. I would be all over that. <laughs> I mean, how could you not? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so one of the last last questions, and I, again, I think a lot of, and that's what I love about conversations like this, because a lot of it just flows and answers a lot of the questions itself. But I did want to know, what, what do you find most enjoyable about working um, at Cellini and, and not so much working there, but being a watch enthusiast and being in sales at Cellini, what do you find enjoyable about the collision of those two aspects of your life well i think that for me honestly the most enjoyable thing like i mentioned before is that when someone comes in 
and they're like, I've only seen this watch online or I've never seen, you know, I've never seen it in person. I mean, do you have this? And like, just to see like their reaction. I mean, just to see how happy they get, you know, and, you know, to yeah. put it on their wrist, whether it's an MBNF or a Grubel, uh, being a watch enthusiast, because again, I mean, I know how lucky I am um, to be around this all day, every day. Um, and meeting wonderful people for me, that is mm. hands down the relationships that I've built with my, I mean, I say clients or customers, but they're friends. I mean, I am so lucky to honestly say that I would say about 99.2%, I don't know, 2%, I mean, have become such close friends that, I mean, you would think they were like my college roommates or college buddies. So, I mean, that's how close we've all become. So as the relationships, the, the relationships I've made with the watchmakers and the watch brands, um, and just meeting, you know, wonderful people that share a passion that I do. Um, it's yeah. easily, easily the most enjoyable thing for me, for sure. Um, awesome. and, yeah. And then also getting good deals. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> getting on totally secret white lists at other crown, uh, you know, you, you get special treatment at the, the, the big crown. <laughs> yeah. There, there's no wait listed here. No, I'm just kidding. but, um, <laughs> But honestly, that's really what it is. It's the relationships and just to see someone's face when they purchased a, a new piece or when they see something for the first time. I mean, yeah. it's awesome. So good. So good. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that we could talk all day long, but, uh, and I'm sure we'll probably talk again. So let's, uh, let's get on so. to our Instagram recommendations and we'll start to wrap up. Um, so at the end of every podcast, we, we like to recommend people to go follow, um, because our goal at fifth wrist is basically to grow the community and to help people learn, share, review their own watches on the website and just, just be somewhere. And I, I think, you know, I, I talked to Alex, the Alex, the watch regulator, who's the, the founder of fifth wrist. And, you know, one of the things that we have this Slack group now that is just amazing. There's so many, there's well over a hundred people all over the world in there now. And I think to myself, you know, I did hours and hours and hours and years and years of research to learn sort of what I know now. And it's wonderful when new people come in that are reasonably new to the hobby and they get to ask all these questions of people that, you know, they, they've never really met before, but people are interested in helping people. And I just think to myself, I wish I had this community and group of people around me when I was learning, but at the same time, mm-hmm. I also enjoyed my years of my, my degree in watches, which is unofficial, but probably, and I still know nothing. There's still so much to learn. <laughs> well, the, anyway. there'll always be, listen, there'll be plenty of watches we're always going to want and there's yeah. so much to learn. And plus, we also had it harder too. I and mean, before all this social media, I mean, like you had to work hard to learn stuff about mm. products and whether it's about Jaeger or Rolla, any brand. Um, but it is fun. And I, I love the search and the, uh, the chase, I guess, so to speak. Yeah. All right. So, who is your recommendation for this podcast? So, I am going to recommend my buddy Nils. It's N I L S dot O dot T. Follow nice. him on Instagram. It's great pro- great pictures of his watches and he's got an incredible collection. Yeah, very cool. And I like here that he's actually got, I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure that um, he has been spoken about on the podcast before, but m- a long time ago. Um, and so, yeah, he's got, uh, he's limiting himself to no more than 10 watches. So 
Uh, credit to him (laughs) so he says it'd be interesting does he need to update his bio we'll have to i'll have to reach out and say are you sure you're still at 10 mate (laughs) yeah you should call him out on that that's for sure (laughs) Uh, but no Um, he he has a beautiful collection really beautiful collection Um, and all sorts of different price ranges as well like this he's obviously got an, an absolute love for it which is great yeah which is which is wonderful and that's another reason why we get along so well because we can just drool over a $1,600 watch um, just like we can drool over a $5,000 watch and yeah. uh, and his strap game is on fire too so nice. and he's a wonderful guy wonderful guy good well I was following him so for people not following him go follow at nils.o.t um, now mine this week is horology underscore michael uh, no fancy spelling, just as it is. Um, and I think for me, uh, let me just get this up on the screen. Horology underscore Michael. Um, this collection is um, oh, Instagram's Ridiculous. doing this funny thing. <laughs> uh, anyway, so he's based in the UK. And my gosh, what a absolute stunning collection. That red, I don't even know if it's red, but this carry dial is just unbelievable um but yeah beautiful collection uh, well worth a following there's some laurent ferrier there's a langen sauna there's um langenheim there's just patek you name it it's it's in here and yeah stunning i i got a feeling this guy loves movements and finishing on movements um because all oh, the yeah. watches are just impeccable um, impeccably finished um, oh, he's uh, got an anniversary Langa. I mean, he's mm. incredible. His Langenheinz and that Kari, that red gear-shaped dial is just absolutely stunning. Oh, he's got a white one as well. Yeah. Incredible. So, yeah, That's there you go. Shabby. So, horology underscore Michael. Go give him a follow. He's got about 700 followers. He needs about 7,000 or more. So, um, I'm not sure if that's what he wants. <laughs> but I don't think he'll get that from people listening to the podcast. But anyway, let's uh, let's go show him some love for the beautiful collection and, and pictures that he takes. All right. Well, uh, anything else from yourself, Danny? Is there anything you want to get off your chest and, uh, and and let it out before we wrap up. I wanted to know when we can do this again because I had a great yeah. time. Yeah, well, I mean, we you were incredible. Have, Thank you. <laughs> we did have some technical <laughs> issues at the start. So um, hopefully that, that it comes through really, really strong um, as the conversation was. So, uh, but yeah, look, we can do it again. I think what I would love to do, and I haven't spoken to the others yet, but uh, perhaps we can do a bit of a, a joint thing. We can get Brett, we can get Dustin, we can get Asher, we can get Danny. And, uh, and I don't know, let's, let's discuss something. Maybe when some new watches come out or maybe we want to talk about pieces in our own collections, whatever it is, let's, let's get that up and running uh, in a month or so time, because I think that will be fun. I think that'll be incredible. I mean, and I know I you four definitely be excited about that. Oh, definitely. I know you, you four would absolutely love it. So let's, uh, we'll try and do that. So, all right. I can't thank you enough. You've been uh, a, you've been a rock star. You've been a gentleman and thank you for putting up with my technical difficulties uh, yeah. prior to the interviewing. That's all right. There's I mean, a snowstorm in New York right now. So these things happen, mate. Don't worry about it. Uh, well, thank you for making me uh, feel so invited. And like, I feel like I've known you for years. I can't thank you enough. 
My pleasure. Thank you. So thank you to all our listeners for tuning in. Um, If you want to know more about our Slack group or how to get involved with writing your own reviews, email me, anthony at fifthrisk.com and reach out to any of the hosts on Fifth Risk Radio Podcast. Everyone's, you know, really wanting to help people, get people more involved. Um, So Danny, how do people get in touch with you? Uh, They can reach on Instagram, dannygoldsmith 23 Beautiful. Or yep, best way to get in touch with me, shoot me a message and I'll get right back to you. And I hope to hear from a lot of people. And any questions about any indies, I'm here to help out. Nice. Well, Danny, it's been a true pleasure to talk to you and thank you for taking the time to come on the show. The world needs more Danny Goldsmiths. I'll leave it at that. So wherever you are in the world, whatever time zone you're in, stay on time. Mm -hmm.